This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 480, recorded on February 18th, 2021. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way in your home. News reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios. Mike, we should be called the Frozen Chosen here in Nebraska. Some of the I, some of the coldest weather I've seen maybe in a decade, right? Yeah, it's it's the coldest I've seen since you know. And I, I grew up here. I moved away. I came back, and I, I'm just so excited. It's supposed to thaw out. I think we're supposed to finally get above freezing for the first time in a few weeks this weekend. I am still. And my backyard is still just fence posts without the fence connecting uh, from the when the fence company came and took it down. Then all of a sudden we got smacked with this snow mm. and freeze. And and my dog is very excited to have his fence back because uh, he hates being on the chain out there. So uh, I'm ready. I think we're supposed to yeah. thaw back out this weekend. Yeah. But, and hopefully it's all behind us. But yeah, it's, it has been like oh, terribly it's cold. Atrocious. It's just yeah. atrocious. Our friends down in Texas, we feel for you. I've been hearing from folks all week, still no power for, for a lot of folks down there. So if you're listening to the recording of this, feel feel for you. John Maddox is here from Channels. And John, what's where are you located? And are, are you frozen or are you, 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 you in okay shape at this point? I'm in Richmond, Virginia, okay. and um, we are used to a little bit of snow. We didn't have any last year, okay. um, but we had a bunch of the snow last week. And then we've got, we had ice all day today, like, the the oh, forecast man. was four inches of ice and oh. we actually got it. It was, it's, it's pretty gross. So, so everybody pretty stays much, in, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. you know, yeah. when we get snow like that, things just shut down, people pile on some food in the house and um, just, we just wait it out. Cause it'll be 50 yeah. and on Saturday yeah. it'll be 50 probably. Yeah. yeah. So we, it's no, we, it's. Yeah. We are looking forward. I think I saw 35 or 40 in the forecast for later in the weekend. And I was like, today I went out, it was 24 and I was like, let's put shorts on. It, it felt so uh, well. I mean, that was a, that was a 20 to 30 degree swing. We've I been know. negative temps for the last two it weeks. Was negative it was is 18 rough. below yeah. John. 18, 18 below. below. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Welcome to Nebraska, right? 18 just, below. And that is. wasn't even with windshield. That was just standard temps. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's outside for a few minutes. If your skin is exposed, it's freezing. So you have to really, I mean, it's dangerous to be outside. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Yeah. Far away. Because while watching why, a couple of why seasons do we still of live here? Far- yeah. <laughs> watching a couple of seasons of Fargo, <laughs> I wonder as well as, you know, Minnesota places, I wonder where do you guys put all your jackets when you get to where you're going? You just don't go outside, right? I mean, and you kind of, you just, it like it got cold now. I mean, pandemic wise, we're not moving around as much as we used to. So there's yeah. just less of that. And then you kind of just harden to it. You know, you kind of like, well, scarf, hat, jacket, yeah. make Our sure you have a heated like car, you know, 30 right at night yeah. in the winter. That's like cold. And um, I don't even put anything on if I'm going somewhere. I just sort of deal with it. I put a hoodie on. Yeah. The, car, the car is warm. Where I'm going is warm. I'm not going outside. I just don't want to deal with the jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's you, that's you, you get kind of used to it here in Nebraska. I, I don't, you know, I went out today. It was 24. I went out with just this hoodie on Yeah. and I was actually pretty comfortable. <laughs> I was like, Oh, this is bad. Like when you're, when you, it's when it's that cold and you're not even, you're like, okay, uh, the, the blood's gotten a little thick. So, yeah. well, for, for folks suffering, we know here in the Midwest, it's been pretty dangerous. Uh, and so just for, 
for everybody. We hope everybody's safe and, and gets power returned. Um, of course, we'll post this show with with uh, show notes out at theaverageguy.tv. Just a couple of reminders uh, before we get started. And we're talking all channels tonight, so hopefully you want to stay around for that. But a couple of reminders uh, before uh, we get started. One, we want to thank our Patreon subscribers. Um, from all of you, just all, all scrolling across the bottom. For everybody who supports the channel at $5, thanks a bunch. I just appreciate what you guys do. It allows us to kind of just, I'll just be honest, it's just kind of nice. So thanks. Thanks for doing that, Patreon subscribers as well. And then um, uh, I've had a lot of you take us up on Coinbase. John, Have you are you a crypto guy at all? Have you kept up with what's going on crypto? Because it's mm, kind of crazy. I, you know, the 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 snake oilness has kept me away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The environmental part has kept me away. The I can't buy video cards because of it's kept me away. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's I've got a friend that's gotten more into it in a more um I know what you're talking about, John. I got a few right here. Like <laughs> yeah. what are you what are you talking about? There's video cards everywhere. You know, I, I I've stopped I've stopped not liking it because it's a ridiculous idea that it's a currency. It's not a currency to me. How Tesla's gonna sell seventy thousand dollar cars with twenty-four minute transaction times i don't know um but it it seems like not a currency but as a speculative item it's i've been convinced that it's no different than gold and i'm okay with it i'm still not okay with the environmental part though i I, well it does yeah i'm not that interested no you're right it's got a huge environmental impact with all the energy it's taking we've been telling folks if you want to get into the space you don't have to you know you don't have to buy video cards you can try it out at Coinbase. So the average guy.tv slash Coinbase gets you free free $10, gets me free $10. And then there's some videos you can watch and actually make up to 30 bucks. And then use try it out on their money. So if you want to give it a try, again, it's not financial advice. And uh, if you if you <laughs> if you want to uh, if you want to get involved, the average guy.tv slash coinbase. Okay, I mentioned John Maddox is here from channels. And John, we've been talking a lot over the last couple months, maybe this is why you're here is I think it showed up on Twitter for you and we got connected from some listeners on this and I've really loved channels, but before we dive in, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? So channels is not a gigantic company. There's right. I mean, there's, there's a couple of you doing this three, three, of, us. three of you mm-hmm. doing this, which when you look at it, it's fabulous. And you think when we met the first time you said, Oh yeah, we have three. I was like, what? So mm-hmm. tell us, but tell us a little bit about you. How do you, and it was only two up until a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've actually been, my partner and I am on, have been doing this for a very long time. Like I've been into media center stuff since the original Xbox days when you could hack them and put Xbox media player on there. And that's what I ran for a very long time. I got into that because I was also a TiVo guy. And my TiVo got taken over by my wife in that she had recorded so many things that there was no room, right? There was only two tuners on them. And so I had to sort of find, I let her just have at that. And I stopped hacking the TiVo and it became the only thing in the house that was stable for her when she loved it. Um, and sh- and I went on just looking for other ways to like, you know, that we could do TV. And one of those things I found was Xbox Media Player, which provided a, not just a way to play back videos like VLC, but a library and seasons of shows and things like that. And it was really cool. And um, I messed around and played with that for a really long time. Um, and eventually <clears throat> I started 
my own version of that because I wanted a centralized server because at the time Xbox Media Player, which then turned Xbox Media Center when it went to a Linux port, um, was still not didn't have a centralized data store. It was all just each one had its own thing. And so I wanted something that was centralized so that I could have clients all over the house. And so I started working on my own media center to do my movies and TV shows and worked on that as a personal project and my friends use it for a while. I met Amon at GitHub. We were both early at GitHub, early employees, and um, we met each other early on because he saw uh, the app I had made being used by a friend of ours that worked at GitHub as well. And he was like, what is this? And he had been doing the same thing. He had done myth and he had been building all that stuff on Linux and taking all that time. And he really liked it. So we kind of hooked up and he started contributing to the project. It wasn't open source. It wasn't public. It was just sort of something we used for ourselves. And so um, as time moved on, the biggest problem with this was hardware, right? Because this is before Fire TVs and Roku's and certainly Apple TVs. And so we didn't have anything to run it on. So at one point we had a client that was a full Objective-C and ran on a Mac mini, right? And despite the $599 cost, I had them on all my TVs because darn it, I wanted that system, right? I just wanted that that setup of every room in the house, pause here, resume there, do all that. So it was all sort of R&D, right? Just like, what? how do we make this system work? And so as time went on, clients started to get a little bit more interesting, but they you still couldn't develop for them. <clears throat> then there was this really cool hack for the Apple TV, the, the second and third gen. This is before the tvOS or the App Store, where you could hack the DNS on it. And that entire UI was driven by XML at the time. And all the apps looked the same because they were all driven by XML and had their own native uh, uh, UI system. So there was a trick you could do where you could point the Apple TV at your own DNS server, hijack the DNS for trailers.apple.com, and then return its responses back to it. And instead of trailers, we were returning movie posters and metadata for movies. And voila, we were on the Apple TV. And it was amazing. And it worked really well for a long time. And so we used that for a while. And then the Apple TV was announced, the, the one with an actual app store. And Amon's friend got had his had one of the developer kits because they shipped developer kits before it went to retail. And he got his hands on it. And the first thing he did was try to see if we could get MPEG-2 on it. Because during all this media center stuff that we were doing, we were also playing with the HD Home Run, which is one of the greatest devices ever made without good software support. It just never did. Everybody that had one used it for media center edition. But I didn't want Media Center Edition, right? And so they added new APIs that were simple HTTP APIs, which allowed you to just hit it really easily. And we had done a little bit of playing around like that and making a DVR in our little Media Center system ahead of time. But with the Apple TV and tvOS, it started to look like we could actually like make, you know, not do hacks. And Amon got it. He got MPEG-2 decoding in CPU, which is important because none of these things decode in hardware anymore, not MPEG, not like the old days when we had DVD cards. Um, and it worked, and we started making an app. Did, did you, you know, in this space, I mean, there's already a lot out there. 
right? I mean, when, when we think about, well, you mentioned, so you mentioned uh, Silicon Dust and HD mm-hmm. home runs. There's, their software, it wasn't great, but it's getting better. We think of companies like Plex. We have a lot of folks using Plex. There is, there's a lot of we, this community that listens. By, when you said Windows Media Center, by the way, everybody just like everybody's heart just broke because RIP because for the longest time we were on that did um what what made you feel like uh, you couldn't just just use one of those and that you want to do something you wanted to do something different well it all comes down to i didn't control it right okay when xbox media center just finally made the decision we're getting off the Xbox because what happened was is HGTVs, right? So everybody started getting HGTVs, but they loved Xbox media center. And they were like, you guys have to get off the Xbox. And for a while they were like, ah, we're not going to get off the Xbox, but it's like, come on, it's a dying platform, the Xbox. Um, And so they finally did the Linux port. And so I moved over to that and it was a little rough for a long time. Mm -hmm. But even before they did that, I had started playing with Xbox media center. And um, I believe what MB was, what was MB before? Was it MB came from something? It did. You're right. I'm trying to remember what it was. Chat room will tell us media here. portal, yeah. media portal, right? No, it was. Okay. So the problem on Windows was Windows Media Center was great. Mm-hmm. The clients weren't so great. Like you had to have a PC on every single device, and mm-hmm. and to be honest, having a PC ne- hooked to your computer is a maintenance nightmare, right? Like it's yeah. a whole operating system. There's a reason iPads and MacBooks are completely different things. They're easier. One's easier to maintain than the other. The other option was Xboxes right? Xbox 360s. I don't, I didn't want that, right? It was not friendly for the family and I didn't even have a family yet, right? (laughs) I just like, this is not, just wasn't good enough. It wasn't that like streamlined thing. And the problem was, is Xbox Media Center was a good DVR, but it was a bad media center. And Media Portal was a good media center, but it didn't have any real DVR features. So I wasn't able to merge together my DVR and my own ripped DVDs very well on Windows. Mm. And so it just came down to running my own thing and having my own server meant I could do anything I wanted. That's the advantage of writing software. Yeah. Was Raspberry Pi ever a thought as you're kind of... So Raspberry Pi, when it was first announced, like the 2B plus, right? Yeah. Single threaded CPU, 256 megs of RAM was like, oh my gosh, here we are. This is going to be a good Xbox Media Center client. Right. Um, it wasn't because it was too slow. But as it's moved on, it's become a great one. Very cheap, great hardware. If you're an Xbox Media Center fan, it is amazing. And that's exactly the hardware we've been waiting for for a long time. Because people were running PCs with Xbox Media Center. And it was too... If you've got a TV on a bed st- or a, 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 a dresser in your bedroom, where's the PC go? Right. You know what I mean? And it's loud and there's fans and you're sleeping in there and the person you live with hates you. So <laughs> we were looking, you know, everybody was looking for those thin clients yeah. and the Raspberry Pi definitely popped in and eventually became one of those. It's, I mean, it still is. I, 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 Raspberry Pi is my favorite computer of the last decade. It is an incredible device. Same for, I, I used one for media for a while. And then even now you could, they're great for, Hey, you, you need an extra monitor to view your RTSP uh, security oh, yeah. cameras around the house, right? Just Boom. duct tape a raspberry Pi to the back of an old monitor and, and mm-hmm. you're set and they work great for those sort of applications. We got our channel server running on it last year on the four and the four was tricky when it first came out, right? Even retro took like 
eight months before it finally like had a build for it because it changed a lot and it was 64 bit and everything. But uh, we got channels running well on it with transcoding last year. And then this fall, we have a, a, a whole custom build image that you can get where you just download image it to your SD card and you've got a DVR on your Raspberry Pi. People have been really excited about that. Those are the um, sort of upgrades well. that I love when there's an integration where it's like, hey, here's the package, just get it and go. You don't have to worry about Debian or you know installing mm-hmm. any other OS. It's just it's here's it. the package and go. That's fantastic. That and probably it accepts its own OS. It upgrades really? its own OS. It it has network shares. You do it all from the channels uh, D, uh, channels DVR server uh, interface. It's it's really great. People are loving it as a single appliance, but they're loving it too because people love putting channels at their parents' house. Right, they're cutting their parents' cords, and they're setting up channels. And channels is a little bit finicky to set up, right? But right. it's really stable, and you don't have to mess with it. And it upgrades itself in the background, and you don't have to touch it. And so, dropping it on one of these pies with an image, it's like boom—you're set up in you know, ten minutes. That's a perfect use case. Is managing a parents or a family members. Mm-hmm. I have that same thing. I've been I set one up for my parents um, with Plex, but it was okay. We needed the Mac Mini, and then you know what are we using for storage? And yeah. all of a sudden they're like, "Where do I keep this thing?" And, you know, a Raspberry Pi makes that such mm-hmm. an easy tuck it away in a corner device. So then, are you still using that an HD Home Run as the tuner for those Raspberry Pis? Is something else on the network? Yeah, but you know, over the last year and a half, we've kind of um, cr- added so many different ways that you can use channels. You know, when we first started, of course, the app was just an HD Home Run client. It was like an email client. And we were targeting people that had HD Home Runs. And so we had this app that played, it, we had a simple grid guide and we let people pick something to watch. and they and that was it our 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 plan originally was like hey this is going to be for tertiary TVs this is going to be for the garage the kitchen a place you go where you know what you're going to want to watch so you don't have a lot of expectations for the user interface you go there you put the news on you there you're going to put the game on you know but as what we saw over the first couple of months is that people were like using this as their main TV watching thing and one of the reasons they were, and one of the reasons it was great, and we were already pitching, was one input, right? Finally, you've got your Hulu and your Netflix and your, you know, movie rentals, and now your live TV on one input. No more input switching. No more input two, one, whatever. It's just exit Netflix, go watch the Oscars. And you couldn't do that before. It was, it's, it's, nobody had that. You know, this is even, we shipped originally... Before, you know, a lot of the TV streaming packages that are out there, like YouTube TV and instinct, things like that. So it was kind of a big deal then. I think that's a good a good thing to kind of maybe summarize right now is, you know, we've all been hearing from Jim on his updates as he's been, you know, moving to channels and, and everything like that. But I think for a lot of us, it would help give us kind of a rundown of where channel sits today, what you can use it for, what you can do with it. Like, why would I use channels and what would it replace for me or, or what, what would, you know, all the feature set that comes today in channels? Yeah. So it's kind of tricky because channels is one of those very DIY things. It can do a bunch of things and you can throw all kinds of stuff at it and do what you want. So there's actually so many different scenarios. And the simplest scenario would be if you have Comcast or Fios and you can go buy an HD Home Run Prime, the cable card version, you can keep your cable, 
return all your cable boxes and replace them with Fire TVs or Apple TVs, and you get all the TV you had before, and you're going to save hundreds a month, right? That's what I do at my house. Now, not every cable provider does that because a lot of them have copy once protection. Cox is one of them, and there's many mm -hmm. others. Spectrum, I think, but but Xfinity and FiOS, they don't DRM their channels, and they work with ch uh, their their channels. And they work with uppercase channels uh, really, really well. And frankly, with the cost of TV streaming things outside of the contract, right? It's not that expensive. I pay for a gig, a gigabit internet connection and a big HD package, which is just like, you know, everything without movie channels. It's 120 bucks a month. I mean, I think YouTube TV is $75, right? It's like really expensive. Well, I, um, yeah, I mean, my my Cox bill just for internet and unlimited data because I crank through data is 150 bucks plus uh -huh. I'm paying for YouTube TV, which is an extra yeah. 72. Why do you pay for YouTube TV if you have cable? I don't. That doesn't include cable. The 150 doesn't include any cable. That's just oh, internet and unlimited data. It's a hundred dollars a month really for internet. Expensive. Yes, and, and it's not even it's, it's gigabit down, but only 35 meg price. up. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, it's it's a rough. Yeah. I would love to get rid of the fifty dollar add on for unlimited data. I'm trying to pare down our data usage a little bit, but, but it's uh, like the old days of unlimited minutes on the phone. You just wanted to pay to not worry about it. And that's exactly why I do it. You just yep. didn't want to worry about it. I want to be able to throw a new yeah. game on my console or whatever. Yeah. And not worry about, oh shoot, am I running close on data this month? Yeah, yeah it's not a good if you're feeling. Gaming, if you're gaming, you're screwed right now. I mean, if you have an yeah, Xbox, oh, sure. sixty gig games, yeah. And each update's like 25 gig. Yeah, and they're doing those every other week on like I think Call of Duty. Fortnite's update is the whole game every time. And it, it, it it's like Call of Duty, right? And if you have kids who oh. play both those, or if you, you yourself, like me, play all those, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, at least you've got broadband. True, true. <laughs> like, I mean, I just, I don't even know how people, you know, it makes me so sad. People are being completely left out of things because they don't have any of this stuff. So anyways, that's one of the scenarios. Another scenario is, is you can take your, if you right now you can install channels, DVR server, you can log in with your, um, uh, what provider did you say you had? Cox. Cox. Oh, so you can log in with Cox and it will authenticate all the channels that you receive over TV everywhere. TV everywhere, of course, is the technology that lets you log into streaming apps. So you download the Bravo app. And then you log in with your provider and then you download the TNT app and you log in with your provider. And so channels will, will allow you to do that as well. And you get everything in a single lineup. And so without any extra hardware, you can do that. Now you can also do both of those things, right? You could have uh, a cable card tuner and get cable and then log in with your cable channel. And now you have like almost unlimited tuners. Right. Except one quality is going to be different than the other. One will be MPEG and one will be uh, the streaming quality, which is H.264 at um, AAC two channels for the um, I know that your listeners probably care about that stuff. Yes, they do. Uh, they do. <laughs> so but it's great. Right. So like so like some things I record on TV everywhere to, to free up a tutor because I don't care. I don't need 5.1. Right. Right. And also the recordings are smaller. So you get to like play with all this stuff. Another thing is, is HD Home Run, of course, makes an OTA tuner. So you plug in your antenna and maybe you're, maybe you're getting your locals because it, with TV everywhere, you won't get your locals, right? Um, you can uh, fill in that gap with either Lowcast if you're in one of those areas. I don't know if you're familiar with Lowcast, but Lowcast is a nonprofit that will, that you can donate to that will stream you your local channels without you setting up an, an antenna. Mm. Oh, interesting. Um, 
And so it's only available in about 25, 30 places, cities right now. But you, if you're in that area, you can log in with your Locast account and you get all those channels. And if you can't do that, you get an HD Home Run OTA tuner, plug in antenna. Now you've got all those. And if you want, you can have as many tuners as you want. So if you want, if you record a ton or you have a big family and you want to record and watch and not have to worry about having anxiety about tuners, um, you can get three tuners and, you know, and with four or three devices with four tuners each. Now you got 12 things that you can record or watch and it, it doesn't reflect on the guide. The guide just stays the same. It just channels handles it in the background. And you can have a Prime or an OTA one or the TV everywhere. It all mixes up and just works. You don't notice anything. You just are, watch stuff. Are there any limitations as to what channels can be done through TV everywhere? Um, the limitations are what Besides new provider local. has licensed, right? Okay. So like a lot of the confusion that we have to deal with that that we wish would be a lot easier, but we we work with our customers as you know as best as we can and try to communicate this ahead of time. But sometimes people are confused by the fact that they have all these channels on Sling, right? But when they sign in with channels, they only get, say, 70% of them. And they're like, well, I get TNT on Sling. Why don't I get it? And the reason is, is that we're not integrating with Sling. We're integrating with TV everywhere. And if Sling hasn't licensed TNT or all tutor channels with the TV everywhere system, then it won't work. So what you end up with is we have a lot of customers that will actually double up on providers and they'll have two different plans. They'll have Philo and um, and maybe Sling or things like that. And then that actually gets them co different coverage for all the channels that they want. And it's tricky for us because we don't really know until you, you know, sign up because things are different in different areas, especially with cable providers. Things get regional. But that's why, you know, we have a 30 day plan. Or 30 day, the 30 first 30 days are free. So a lot of times when we can't answer these questions, we tell our customers, just sign up. It's no risk. You've got 30 days. The app from the streaming box is free. The server is free. You sign up. You can cancel at any time. And when you do cancel, it fulfills your whole period. So you don't get canceled right away and we can go month to month. So if you want to go and, and if you, if you need more trial time, we, people ask us that all the time and we give them some more, but then you can figure out what work, if it works for you. Like if your provider is giving you the channels you need, because everybody's got those set of channels that they want. Yeah. Well, that's your, that leads right into my next question was going to be, so can you access your channel stuff from outside of your local land? hundred percent. Okay. Cause they, you know, I've been thinking of trying to figure out a solution for my parents. They have, you know, houses in three different States that they are constantly at. And my dad is freaking out about paying for cable and every single one, because my mom has these few channels that you can't get like Hallmark channel and EWTN, right? She's a Catholic and loves her Hallmark channels. And, uh, and we have a lot of Hallmark fans, right? And so she's, my I mean, dad has been trying to find a way to find one solution and so I've been thinking, okay, if there was something like channels, you could set up at your home base. Their home base is at one house. That's kind of their main yes. one. And, and mm -hmm. that's where they have all their channels. I'm okay, maybe we find you one solution that could pull in. And I've been struggling to find something that pulls in TV everywhere, all this stuff. This sounds like it could be a perfect solution to at least try and get as much as we could under one roof. Look, we started out as this HD home run app, right? And as time went on, we ended up with the TV everywhere stuff. And all of a sudden, it's like we're becoming this weird sources thing where we can combine stuff and do stuff. One of the yeah. things that people love the most is that they're pulling providers 
and adding new ones and their family doesn't even know, right? Because it's the, the app just works on itself. It streams, you know, it streams the streams. It doesn't stream from the provider. It streams from the TV everywhere provider. And so you can actually change your providers around and try one, one month, try another one, another month and see what you like. And you're not disrupting anybody. And so all of a sudden you get this weird kind of nerd strategy where you want to combine stuff together to get just the right thing on the back end, but on the front end, everybody's just using the app. It's not like, oh, the channel numbers are different now, or where is everything? Um, Nothing changes. And so um, you mentioned the multiple houses. We have a ton of customers that set this up and they love it. Like they set it up at the home base and then they go to the other house and they don't have to have anything, which is a big deal, right? Because if you've got these houses, you got like three X utilities. And if you can drop TV, it's fantastic because- um, for money. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's exactly uh, there's right. There's no other reason, right? Like it's fantastic. And it's also a little bit easier. We would, we used to rent beach houses and we, I'd bring our stuff with us because just because we had the experience the same versus whatever the cable box was on the beach house, my family would just be like, boop, 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 using their stuff. You know, I'm very big on normalization. I've got every, the same remote in every room of my house. So it's easy for everybody, but um, yeah. So we stream from home. It works fantastic. The streaming's our third. The the uh, Eric, our third partner, who came on a couple years ago, who was a good friend. He worked on that because he would travel. He traveled a ton, and mm-hmm. he'd be in Japan and in or or Africa, and he he used our stuff. And he's like, "Guys, your stuff's terrible." And we're like, "I don't know, man. I'm using it here in America, and it's great." And they're like, "He's like, no, it's not." And so he joined on, and he got the streaming incredible. Um, it, it, I, I was at a house fixing Wi-Fi while my kids were watching something on TV and I had to take the whole Wi-Fi network down and then like bounce it. And I was like, here we go. Right. Complaints from the living room. Not a peep because it never lost its connection because of the buffer and everything like that was just so perfect. Wow. As soon as the internet came back on, it started buffering again. It had so much buffer local locally that it, it, it didn't even budge. And I know it sounds like I'm bragging about our own product, but I'm really, just so happy as a dad to not that it just worked. That's why we have you on here, John. <laughs> so if, if you're accessing it, it from outside the house, then is, you know, mm-hmm. if it is coming from me, if not an OTA source, right? So TV, I've worked some of that. Is it flowing through the server itself where channels are set up and then back out to wherever, or can it come directly from the internet? For remote streaming, everything comes from your house. So, okay, so you need to make sure you have decent upload because that was the other thing, yeah. making sure I was like, well, your exactly. upload's really slow. You might not have a good experience mm-hmm. having that, having a server in your home house. So we're trying to figure out the best place to put that. Like maybe I host it here. I'm figuring out that I don't have the same cable. It's just a, yeah, so this could be a great setup. You, you got to figure that out for sure. I'm on yeah. Fios. I've got a gig up. So I basically oh, have infinity. So envious. I mean, compared to what people get, like five and eight is like, just hostile and abusive. It's really bad. <laughs> so you got to watch that. But, you know, we're not making this for sharing. We're not making this for your 12 friends. We're making this right. for your family. Right. So if you've got eight up or even if you've got three up and you're in a hotel room or you're at a rental house for a vacation or your own house, vacation house, you know, three and eight will be okay because we we not only let you set the quality, but also we have, um, uh, you know, it actively checks your bandwidth and will drop up and down. So it, it, you won't have spinners, right? It'll fix it. 
And if you've got really great bandwidth, then it works great. And it works for every source. I like that. I like that focus on it's it's for you and your you and your family, right? We're not trying to go out there and be the sharing platform. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's 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 you and your your people. That's great. Uh, John, my setup, you know, when we came to this, and I, I'm trying to remember, I think it was maybe back in December. Um, I really had it struggled on Plex to watch sports. It just, for whatever reason, didn't work for me. And I've done servers all over the house and whatever. So my first experience was to load it on Windows. Because why wouldn't I? I'm a Windows guy, right? That's what I mm-hmm. hadn't bought the Mac yet. So I was a Windows guy, and and I loaded on Windows. You, you said that's a little clunky. It actually was perfect for me. Like, I, I installed it got it configured and had it running in about seven minutes. Like it mm-hmm. was a pretty easy experience to get that running. Yeah. The Plex server onboarding flow is good. Yeah. Well, f- no, you're, this is channels. This isn't oh. Plex. This is channels. <laughs> like, no, like Plex is a whole different deal. Like Plex is a good uh, half hour to an hour of <laughs> okay. going in and configuring it and setting some things up. I had I had it connected to the HD home run and running w- within 10 minutes. I mean it was it was pretty amazing. Got it working on my phone. 5 more minutes later, downloaded the app, had it working. I thought this is great. And then immediately I like but I don't want it on a PC. So I I really want it on the HD or on the uh the Nvidia Shield. So went out, installed the app, got it set up. You know, it's sometimes on the on the Shield it's a little hard with the, not, nothing for channels. This is just oh, yeah. getting like yeah, IP address, you know, some of those kinds of things. But got it running and um and had Sarah, you know, spend a week with it and just said, Hey, watch your shows. I set up all our shows on them, by the way, super easy to set up. Is there anything on the dashboard? I, I have my I have my dashboard up, like the settings dashboard. Is there anything on there I shouldn't show if I show this live? John, do you know? Like, because you Let think me look about at mine. okay. Are you so, talking about the settings page on the DVR the, server? The, the web yeah, admin? the DVR server web Let's admin. See, uh, uh, I don't think so. Okay, let's just do it. Oh, what the heck? Yeah. So, you know. so oh, external IP. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it, it's small, so you have to. But, but um, a, a really, a really well laid out. Again, um, I, I'll compare it to Plex in some regards, where there's <laughs> there's like eighteen tabs, and well, maybe not yeah. that many. Uh, 17 tabs and and there's just a lot of configuration going on pretty simple here you can kind of see my setup i've got it running on the shield it gives me some information about the shield how much ram how much disk i'm using you can see the two sources down here i have a both a dual and a connect which by the way when i set up the no joke that you guys started these and made them for the hd home runs that plex setup used to be that was that was a 15 or 20 minute setup to get one of the tuners working it I almost had to like double check because I was like, did it actually did it actually do the setup? I mean, it really it picked them up so fast. Had them available. I thought maybe it didn't get them all. And it did. It was crazy. I mean, it's crazy how good that is on the HD home run. Um, and then some, you know, I've got some information about my the DVR database and the, the guide database here. Another area, you guys seem to get the guide stuff fast. Like it's another thing on Plex that takes forever to come in and the guide data just updated. I, I don't know. It was fast for me. So I, I won't guess on times there, but the, the, you still get a bunch of options. I mean, I think some of our listeners have been like, well, but I like all my options. Well, you still get quite a bit of options there, right? You mentioned transcoder, right? Adaptive streaming server quality that you just mentioned right down here, right? I can set the server quality. What kind of feedback are you getting now from your from your community? The channels community, 
it's pretty active, right? Pretty, pretty helpful out there as well. So if folks want to get out there and get information from the channels community, they can do it as well. What kind of feedback are you getting from them? So, yeah, so we get tons of feedback from everybody. When we first, I, I, I've written a lot of software. When I was at GitHub, I wrote a ton of internal software that basically would help us be the way we were. We were a really kind of a weird kind of company that kind of did our own thing and we were very remote. And so I built lots of software that helped us do that stuff. And, 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 and my peers at GitHub were very opinionated with their software as well. It was sort of the time that we came out of, it was kind of the, that was what was a, a big thing. And I still am. And I, you know, I think I know what's right. It's my job. It's my responsibility to, 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 to make the software good and have those, those right decisions and have those right opinions. Um, and, and so that's how we started the app out. But as we started to move on and we started to look at who we wanted to write the app for, and the person we wanted to write the app for was basically ourselves, which is how you should always write your app software, right? Not only are we users, but we're 40 year old people that don't have the time to, build myth tv or other things and rebuild our library or our metadata every sunday because either the upgrade just broke everything or it just wasn't compatible and so what we really wanted to do was we wanted to build software that was fun to use and was still like let you kind of feel hacky but at the same time didn't ruin your sundays your family didn't get mad at you you could rely on it and honestly introduce it to them. And they were like, Hey, let's use this. Yeah, this is great. Which we're getting a lot of feedback that that's what people are doing. Um, and so as time has gone by, our community has been huge for that because we've, we have been successful and attracted that community. Um, we've got a lot of people that, you know, they won't put up with nonsense that want reliability, that want their ways to work. And we do a good, we, you know, we listen, and, and we balance that with what we think should be. When we when we set up to do the DVR, first we had the app, right? And then we decided to do the DVR. And the first thing that Aman and I did was we set up a discourse, right? We set up a community site and we announced it on that site. And every email that we ever got, which wasn't a lot because you can't get anybody's information from the app store and we were only on the app store at the time, we sent them the community URL. And then we sent them the link to our announcement that we're building a DVR and everybody was super excited. But the reason the first thing we did was build that community site was, is because we needed help. You know, Aman and I come back, come from an open source background. We, we sort of don't know any other way of building software except transparency. And so while we make the decisions at the end of the day, we absolutely know that we don't know everything about how the software should work. We don't even have all the devices it runs on, right? Like it's just plain helpful to involve the community in terms of like, hey, try this out. Does it work? Oh, it doesn't. What's the log? Let us fix it. Here's a new version. That's us all day long. And so the community has really just exploded in terms of telling us about bugs, telling us about workflows that they want telling us about things that are terrible in the app and the way it should be. And we listen and read every single post on our community site. We also do all the support. So we know we answer all the support emails. So we know what's going on and what people are complaining about or what's just not good enough. You know, it's not, not so much about 
what's broken or what's bad. Just it's for us, it's what's not good enough because we want something that's super awesome and we want it simple and we're not willing to, it's very hard developing channels because we want to make sure that it's easy to use, but we wanted to make it powerful as well. And we've slowly but surely started be adding more and more and more options because we really do want people to be able to create their own TV watching experience without the app looking like 9,000 links inside of it, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's, it's tough, but that's sort of our goal. And the community has been everything. They've been so helpful for all of it. Yeah. It, it, uh, it, it looks, I mean, the community's laid out really well. Uh, I just was looking, I'm on an NVIDIA shield. So I was like, Oh, I wonder how much, you know, I wonder how much chat is out there around that. And you know, there's some, there's some threads to, to kind of help me out, uh, in, in the forums. So how do you get, um, what, what's like the most common feedback that you guys get, or what are you, what are you excited about as we think about some stuff that you're working on for the future? What, what kind of things are you looking towards? So for us, we're still not really at 1.0 because while we started with a live TV app and then made a DVR, now we still have quite, haven't quite shipped the media center part of it, which allows you to add your own local content. Right. And that's important for us, too, because we want all we want one thing. We just recently shipped Streamlinks. And I don't know if you saw those, but Streamlinks are there. It's this adorable little simple thing where it's a text file with a Streamlink extension. And the content of the text file is a link to a third party app. Right. Like a net, a link to a Netflix movie. And the title is the title of the movie. And it scans in as if it was local content. Except channels will see it and be like, oh, this is a link. So it shows up in your library while you're browsing and browsing and browsing. Like, let's say you add The Incredibles, right, for Disney+. Plus. Well, you add a text file. Now you have Disney's Incredibles inside channels. And you go to click to play it. doesn't play in channels. It boots you to the Apple TV or, you know, the, the uh, Disney Plus app and immediately starts playing, right? Now, this is one of those things that we built that, didn't take a long time. Somebody did actually ask for it on our community. Uh, we debated if it was like worth it or not. And we decided, you know what? It doesn't take that long. I don't think everybody's going to use it, but there's going to be people out there that are like, you know what? I don't have all the Pixar movies, but Disney plus does. And I subscribe to them. And Disney plus is one of four streaming apps. I make my kids use. And what if instead I could at least tell them to start, even though they're going to get kicked out, and end up in Disney Plus, which isn't the experience we want, right? Because we've seen these aggregators. But at least you can start from channels and be like, boom, here it is. I can find it using the same search. And it shows up just like a movie is. It's just not actually in your library. Um, so, so we're sort of creating all these different sources to create this make your own TV thing. We all know what the biggest complaints are right now. I pay for all these sources and I got to use eight different apps that all work differently. And mostly they're all crappy. I mean, nobody invests any time into the, the user interface. Um, and so you end up with HBO Max and Netflix and all these apps that have their own continue watching thing. What if we had everything in one thing, which is what TiVo is trying to do with their streaming device, which is what Google's trying to do. Everybody's trying to do it. It's very hard. I mean, we're not going to accomplish, we're not going to get to it where everything plays inside because if Google and Apple can't do it, 
I mean, we're not going to do it, <laughs> but we're doing our best to at least do it in some kind of classy way to let you try it out if you want, even if the caveats are there. One of your newest announcements uh, was a little bit of uh, some work with Play On. You want to talk a little bit about w- what you're doing with them? Yeah, so they emailed us. Jeff, the CEO, emailed us a little before Christmas time. And we, of course, know who Play On is. I used Play On way back in the day, back when I was just doing all kinds of stuff in Media Center days, right? And we all know they've been around for a long time. And um, we took the call. We were like, hey, let's talk and about stuff. And we talked to him and we just sort of chatted. And when we got off the phone, we started thinking about it because I asked, I was like, hey, can I get just get some credits and I'll try it out? And when we started to think about it, we were like, this is sort of perfect for channels because what if we could get it to automatically download into channels? And we talked to Jeff uh, a couple of days later and um, their tech was in a, 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 a place that was really easy for us to integrate with. It was great. We were super excited. Basically, we they have a de- right now they have a downloader that you you queue the recordings with their app and then their downloader downloads it for you. So we basically just adopted those APIs into channels DVR server and now channels DVR server automatically downloads it. You continue to use play on as normal, but then it, they just end up in channels. And again, like the stream links are, you know, imports for local content, they show right up and everything's the same. There's nothing different about them. It's just, it's, you know, you get those movies. And so now there's another way to get stuff into your library, right? And so you start getting these things that people have either already exist or very accessible. Plans for great. You download the app, you log into your streaming services, and then you tell it to record the things. A couple hours later, they show up in your channels library. I like that, especially from a perspective of kids um, with a single kind of place where I know what movies they're going to watch every single day, five times mm-hmm. a day, right? They've all got to, and those movies rotate, but I like being able to them have just one. Cause right. They're not, they're not used to switching apps and they don't know what app has the movie they want, right? Is this a Netflix show? Is this a Disney plus show? Is this on Plex for me currently, right? Like where is that at? And they're constantly having to switch. So I love that kind of aggregation approach, even if it does kick you back out to the app, right? Even if yeah. it's one of the links, that's still, they know the one interface that they could do. I like that. When we think about, you know, I was, I was looking through the website. So if we wanted to get started with channels, um, if, from looking at it, if I just have a HD home run, I want OTA and I want TV everywhere. Do you need one centralized device or can you just install the app on an iPad or or your Apple TV and be good to go? How does the setup work? Do we need to set up one kind of centralized server like you would with the traditional Plex, MB, those sort of things? Absolutely. So when we first started the DVR, it was like, oh, well, we first of all, you can't run a DVR on these streaming boxes, right? right. They have no right. storage. And at least for TVOS, they can't background, right? So um, we immediately had to have a separate server, but that allows us to do like anything we want now. Right. We're not at the will of app stores or rules or, or the limitations that these mobile devices have. It's like a real computer. I mean, even a raspberry Pi is like 10 times better than an Apple TV in terms of what it can do. Um, and so um, at the time it, it, it was, you, you could just buy the app for $25 and use your HD home run for live TV, which you still can now, mm-hmm. or, you would get the app for free and install the server for your HD home run. But as time has gone by, since we have that server, we get to do all this TV everywhere stuff and all kinds of extra sources that we would never do if it was only on the device, because 
with the the multiple platforms, it's just so hard. But now you just do everything on the server, and the client, you know, just is dumb. I love that. So, what's your favorite or recommended kind of hardware for that server? What's your what's the easiest? What's your favorite? <laughs> We like the Apple TV. We think the Apple TV is the best device out there. It's a little bit more expensive than everything else, but you know, oh, so that can be the server. Oh no. As the server. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. As, as the okay. server. So that again, if you want to get in the door, if you're one person in an apartment and it's just you throw it on a raspberry Pi, you're done. Seriously. Especially if you're using TV everywhere, because if you're using an HD home run, it's going to be a little bit harder on it for commercial skipping and stuff like that, or commercial indexing uh, with the MPEG. But mm-hmm. with the HF264 coming from TV everywhere, I mean, you're 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 better than good. You're never going to transcode because, and our stuff doesn't transcode inside the house. That's important to remember too. We play right off the wire. Like we have a custom video player that we have put a lot of time into, so that when you play it, it just plays the MPEG too. It does not, it plays MKVs, it plays, you know, it plays HEVC in all kinds of containers. It, it, it's a custom video player. There's no transcoding. The only time that it's transcoding is if you chosen to, because for some reason your Wi-Fi network is bad in your house, or you're remote and you're saving data. But even remote, you can use original quality, which is what I do a lot of times because I've got a lot of upload bandwidth. Does it help um, to have one of the HD home runs that transcodes? No, I don't know what version? In fact, okay. it's worse. Our transcoding is. is better, okay. and the extend is not a very stable HD Homer device. We love HD Home Runs, but the extend has had a bad history of of um, it's just not a very historically stable device. It's funny you say that because I bought the extend for the simple version. I was, you know, I was running on a very limited hardware for my media center. Got the extension. I'm like, sweet. It has transcoding built in, save some CPU yeah. on the media server. And I actually just turn that off. I just go straight MPEG yeah. 2 straight in because whatever hardware for media I'm running usually does a better job of transcoding. So interesting, you guys ran into the same issue. Eight to 10 year old computers have GPU transcoding now, right? We're so far beyond GPU transcoding and hardware transcoding. Everything you use has it. So it's sort of like when we first got into the game, right? We were like, ugh. Some people can go remote. Some people can't. You got to have the transcoding. But at this point, man, everything has transcoded. Does well, AMD have it built in? If, you have, if you're running an AMD machine without oh, a yeah. GPU, they does oh, have yeah. it Every, built yeah, in? Everything. Okay. Yeah, everything's got a, off, a hardware offloading thing. Got it. And, and, and so to, to, to complete your question, Raspberry Pi out the door easy. If you're looking for something a little bit beefier and you want to invest, like say maybe you've got two houses or maybe you're like, you know what? I'm going to have thousands of movies i'm doing this um definitely synology 220 the disk station 220 plus um it's uh it's a little bit it's not cheap but it's not expensive and you can get in a four bay or a two bay and um the synology software is just really good it's just really good stuff i run so, an unraid uh, server do you guys have uh docker capabilities yep. to run oh yeah it? docker oh. works for all that Great. okay all right, John. So if you've been listening to the show, and I know you have because you're you're a faithful home gadget geeks listener now, you know that I have this new Mac Mini. Now mm-hmm. I'm running, I'm currently running uh mm-hmm. channels off the NVIDIA Shield. It's a pretty good box. Mm-hmm. You, you saw mm-hmm. that. Should, should I move it? Like okay. should I be so running? Here, so as your your show he you're showing on the screen right now our news post about Apple Silicon support. It's yeah, I yeah, yeah. really like to talk about how we were at native in a week of it launching. Right. And that was, we didn't even have the SDK. That was us getting a mini, 
and us getting our build stuff working. We were on ARM before, right? Because we were on other NASs and we we're on the Raspberry Pi. But uh, we were then a week, we were native on there. And what's really so, if you want to talk about transcoding, <laughs> if you want good transcoding, yeah, move it to the M1 <laughs> Mini because that secure that <laughs> that chip that that chip that they've been shipping even on the 2018 Mac Mini they have it. It is real fast, like real fast transcoding. It's crazy. Um, if your Mini's not doing anything, all that is it? Do you what are you using your Mini for? This so it's the it's the studio PC. So live streaming, broadcasting. Video editing, audio editing, those kinds of things. You could throw it on there and see what happens. Channels DVR doesn't have a lot of spikes. If the recordings come in, it'll spike the disc, right? Because it's recording, but it's not really that bad. It really uses like no resources at all, barely any RAM. The only time it uses resources are transcoding and commercial indexing. And we actually just shipped a way to use uh, more than one core for um, your commercial indexing, which... If you've got a lot of threads on your computer, it may be advantageous to just use more to get it done quicker versus using less and it being running longer. Mm -hmm. So again, it's up to you. You can play with it. Um, the shield's going to be fine for you. But if you want to, if you put it on the mini, it'll be fast. But again, like I said, it doesn't need a fast computer. We, I mean, we've got people running it off of Raspberry Pis. Right. They're $35 right. computers. The times I'm broadcasting, most of the time, like right now, I hear the TV behind me. <laughs> Sarah's watching yeah. like she's watching. So we do share that time, right? Now, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, if I if I did make that move, it was just when I, when I saw this, I was like, oh, because I, you know, I bought it specifically for the M1 chip. Like I had in, I had uh, M1 Envy. Like I was mm -hmm. like, I need this chip. Like it sounds I'm on so one good. right now. So, yeah, so I got it, it for the laptop and I ditched my iMac three yeah. days later and was like, yeah. well, this is my main computer now. No, it's been it's been fabulous so far. I mean, it's not without its problems, but if, it's been, if it it's were me, great. I like to divide. I like to in my older age, my, the ops side of me says separate them mm -hmm. because yeah. like. You don't want, for some reason, TV spiking up and like screwing up a live podcast. That's just like, like whether or not it can run fine, it's just probably not a sound thing to do. Sure. That's my opinion. Sure. Right. Like if in a production environment, you wouldn't do that. If somebody, if, if you told somebody, hey, I, I set up a Plex server on the, um, the audio server that we do live stuff on, they'd be like, what are you talking about? Why would you right. do that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's more of a, an ops opinion. If if but I'm it's a probably fine. If if I'm a Windows guy, um, in you know I've got kind of an older, maybe a six year old, five six year old Windows box. Tons no, of no people issues. doing that. Okay, that's the beauty. Like the like I said, these old these six year old computers are really fast. You're talking yeah. like you know Gen three or Gen four i fives. Right, right. Like right. that's a really fast computer to be like, oh, it's old. Like, what can we do with these computers? They're so fast. Yeah. Well, I've I've still got some Core i3s that are fairly old that are mm -hmm. repurposed to do, you know, we yeah. talked about Unraid. I've got Unraid running on a Core i3 530. And it does it does what it needs to do. Like it, it, yeah, that's it just great. can it just continues to work. So John, anything else as we think as we uh, we're getting here close to the top of the hour? Anything else you'd add? Anything we missed that we should be talking about when we're thinking about channels? I mean, I I think by now you're listening to the show. I've been talking about it for a while. We did spend a bunch of time talking about it at the beginning of the year. 
but I, I think some folks are going to want to check this out. Anything else they should know going into this? Just that like, um, I guess to know who we are, you know, we, we're writing this offer for ourselves and our families and, 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 and stability is really important to us. Um, the, our fans love us for the fact that they set up a cord cutting device that their family was like, Hey, I'll try this and use it. Um, which, you know, I, I don't think I'm crazy to say that like, that's not that common. Um, everybody wants to do it, but it's all been a pain. Um, this is what we're setting out to do. We're just trying to make like software that you love software that helps you. Uh, that sounds corny. I know, but it's sort of how I've written software forever, you know, just to make software should be something that's improving your life. That is it ruining it. Cause a lot of software these days just ruins your life. Um, and so that's our goal. People are loving it. You know, families are loving it. It's really say, stable. That's very important to us. Um, and, uh, if you have any questions, contact us right away. If you have any ideas, I mean, if it's not, if you're trying it and it doesn't do what you want and doesn't work for your workflow, you know, go open a post on the community. We read every single post, whether we reply to them or not, we read every single post. Couple of questions or a couple of comments come in from the chat room. Let's just bring them in. So okay. t- Tony says, interesting. I have a spare raspberry Pi four and a four, a four terabyte external hard drive. That should work great. Right. John's been trying it. Uh, says loves in the, the built-in commercial skipping in channels. Um, that's something I didn't tell Sarah that was even there. And <laughs> she, she came back a couple days later. She's like, oh, oh, the index, I can just skip past them. That's pretty great. <laughs> now, to be fair, that was in Plex before, but but she found that very, very quickly and, and used that um, pretty easily. John says he's running channels in an Unraid Docker right now, Mike. So I, I have a feeling, actually, John, while we're, talking mike is installing this on his- <laughs> <laughs> jim knows i'm notorious but as we talk i start to set it up and, and play around with it i was actually over in unraid right now i was looking uh, to see if it was in the community app store it's not so i'll have to build a little docker for it, it I, uh, if you I, if go to getchannels.com slash dvr dash server and um the all that stuff's right there perfect um john asks do you have a roku app so, you know, that's probably the answer to your question of what's the number one thing people are asking about. <laughs> um, we're very familiar that Roku is the number one streaming app or streaming box out there. But we're also we also are familiar with the fact that Roku knows it. Right. And we are not the biggest fan of Roku for a couple of things. Number one, their development platform is completely unique to them. There's nothing shared. It's a if we were to write a plug. A Roku app, it's start from ground zero. And we don't want to do cross-platform. Our apps are native. Our Android and Fire TV app are native. Our Apple TV app is native, iOS, all that stuff. It's very important to us. Um, but Plex also has a million caveats when it comes to decoding MPEG-2. It can't do it. It just can't. There's an HD Home Run app that does it, but like only some channels work. Because it's not just about decoding MPEG-2, it's de-interlacing it too. It's very, very hard because a lot of OTA will come across at 1080i. And when it's 1080i, we have to de-interlace it. And it takes a lot of effort in CPU and GPU to do it. Um, and the Roku just doesn't have it. So if we were to do a Roku app, it would 100% be transcoding. So now all of a sudden, one of the features that we love the most about our app and everybody else does is gone right? Our fast tuning, 
are playing the native video, all that's gone. So it's sort of just this thing where it's like, well, it's going to take us forever to build the app. The app's not going to be as good as everything else. And we just sort of just been like, no, we're, we're just like, you know, maybe one day it'll, it'll work out. We are very familiar. It pains us to know when people are like, I have five Roku TVs in my house. And that's great because there's no streaming box. It's all built in. And those TCLs, those TCL TVs are great. And they come with Roku's in it. And if I could snap my fingers and make a Roku app tomorrow, I would, right? But it's sort of like, there's just all these reasons for us not to do it. And we're a small team and, you know, we're looking into it. It, it, It's not a no forever, but it's Roku as a box right now does not stand like the other boxes to provide the experience we're providing for everybody. Okay. So we'll see. Yeah, fair answer. John, from a, you're in the TV space. As we look ahead in the future, any gadgets coming along that you have your eyes on that you're kind of excited about as far as either players or platforms or systems or just directions things are going? Uh, that you can talk about. We're not looking for anything well, exclusive. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, as far as TV boxes go, like, I don't know. They're all sort of like are the same now. It's all about the software. I would like to see software get better. I would like to see more expensive fire TVs that have less advertising in them. Mm. Um, you know, it's one of the reasons we pushed the Apple TV earlier. You asked what's the suggest. Oh no, you were asking what the suggested server uh, hardware was. Mm-hmm. And I was answering client. And the answer to that is Apple TV because we developed for that first. We like it the most. And then our features mm-hmm. go over to the Android and fire TV apps. But the reason we like it the most is that it doesn't have advertising on it. It doesn't track everything you do. Um, and the other boxes do. And you know, it's a, they've got this battle of who's going to win the wars and the way they do it is by loss leaders. And um, what I I would, you know what I would love to see? I would love to see an Android TV box, which is probably the shield. There's not a lot of advertising on the shield and you have to pay for it just like the Apple TV. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. having fire TV, having Amazon do something like that would be cool too. Like just a little bit more expensive with a little bit less advertising with, with a little bit more custom experience versus we want you to stream this right now. We're going to cram it down your throat. It's these devices aren't as personal as the people think they are. You don't get to pick and choose what you see on the home screens. It's all AI suggestions. And that's all about who's paying the most that month. Yeah. Let's be really clear. There's an NVIDIA shield. That's $325. So it's not like those are necessarily cheap devices. But It does have ads on it now. It didn't used to, but it does Mm. now with the, the suggested uh, banner at the top. Oh yeah. 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 Would we, would, what about 4k from, from your going forward? Like, I mean, 4k is everywhere at this point. Okay. If, um, if, so talk to that. We do 4k fine. You import, you know, if you have 4k blue or ultra blu-ray rips or something like that, it, um, mm-hmm. it, it works fine. Uh, we are currently working on, um, ATSC, uh, three, um, support for, um, the HD home run HD, uh, Silico dust has an, uh, an ATSC three, 4k HD home run. Right now, in most regions, they're still testing the towers, and they're all 1080. They're not 4K yet, mm-hmm. but they are HEVC, right? So they've moved over. So you're looking at 1080p signals, and um, we're working right now. Every city's starting to like have different bugs for us, but you know we're fixing it right away, and um, we're fixing them as fast as people can tell us that, about problems. We've got a real robust um, diagnostic system inside of our app, so when people have trouble. 
we tell them submit diagnostics. We get them sent to us right away. We get to see everything that's going on and um, we're able to fix things as fast as we can. But um, uh, yeah, 4k broadcast is a little far away, but we're closer than anybody else. I think right now it's, 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 we're playing back audio, video, everything. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I I'm excited for the future. I mean, it, it has created for me, I have less, I get less questions about the, Hey, this isn't working. Hey, yeah, can, that, why didn't this record? <laughs> we did have a weird, I mean, since we've been using channels and, and I think we're having some problems, I it may be the tuners, but Friday nights, for some reason, Friday nights just would not record all the shows. We don't, we don't record on Friday nights. I apparently they have blue laws. The <laughs> there's blue laws that say Friday nights are for board games. We're very be, opinionated. You should be reading a book, <laughs> something like that. But it was, it was kind of weird. We were trying to pin that down and, and figure out, okay, why, why are all the shows getting kind of messed up on Friday nights? Um, do you guys from a, from a, w- one of the, um, one of the problems with sports has always been, a, it's unpredictable about when it ends. And yeah. that's always been a struggle. Is that something? Can, can you guys handle that as far as figuring out like when? So, how does that work? I believe Sage TV has some sort of feature that like figures this out for it and it will pad it for you. We don't do that, but we do support padding manually or automatically. Well, by automatic, I mean we prompt you. Anytime you go to record something, it will, it, 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 when it knows that it's a live program, it'll say, hey, it's like the TiVo did for years, right? I believe that's where we, you know, got that from. Um, hey, this looks like this program's live. Do you want to add some padding to the end? So we suggest that. Um, with season passes, you can add padding to the end as well. Um, we don't do anything on the fly with sports, though. But one of the things that we lean on is the fact that we are DIY, where with a TiVo, it's like everybody was all about the recording storage, right? Like, if I record too much, then my stuff's going to get dumped off the bottom. And so I got to be careful, but it's 2021 and you know, you can't buy anything smaller than a five terabyte USB hard drive for Best Buy. And so storage isn't really a big deal for us. So we suggest like, if you're worried about the game, just pad it two hours or three hours, you know, and just delete it afterwards because you're really not going to use a lot of storage. My Plex box would not allow me to record content or it'd give me a warning via USB off the shield. It would say, mm, this hard drive is not fast enough. Mm. And so I, I, you know, I, I basically uh, shucked a eight terabyte hard drive and put a one terabyte yeah. um, SSD oh. in there uh, to, to, um, to use it as a device because it was going to be an area I kind of wanted to protect it. Um, any issues? Have you guys seen any of that as far as, if I wanted to use a, a single spinner off this recording wise, people it, use it, it all the time. Okay. Whether it's a NAS and it's, a, you know, yeah. spread across two drives or four drives, or it's just one five terabyte Seagate plugged into USB. Um, or it's, you know, the only thing we suggest is please don't record on USB thumb drives or SD cards. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it'll work the night you set it up, but eventually it's all just going to crash down and you're going to lose everything. Why is that? It's bad flash memory. It's just cheap. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not, it's not set up to do that kind of stuff. I mean, I still like have anxiety setting up raspberry Pis with a, um, with an SD card. In fact, our, 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 our raspberry Pi image, we don't even, we don't, it's, it's, it's specifically for USB hard drives. 
So you flash it to a hard drive. It partitions it in a million different ways. You plug it into USB and it USB boots off mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. And now you're not it because we had trouble suggesting Raspberry Pis because it was like, their SD cards are going to get corrupted in three weeks. And then they're all going to come back and be upset. And, and we don't want anybody to be upset. So with our Raspberry Pi imaging thing, um, it boots off of the, the, uh, the USB drive and it's good to go. Like it will not mess up. Um, and so it's, it's a lot better that way. That's fantastic. Well, as a testimony to your documentation, I already have it up and running. I'm using it in Unraid right now. That was the Correct. easiest. That was almost <laughs> easier than finding it in community applications. Just add the repository. It shows up as a template. That was probably a minute and a half. I found oh, that. And you, you guys have specific Unraid instructions too on your website. I yeah. rarely see that. So Shout on our out website. To the community. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, we don't use Unraid. What do we know about Unraid, right? Yeah. This is why we've included and made sure that like we are, we got a two way road going so that people are like, uh, this doesn't work. And then we figure it out and it works for them. They're like, thanks. And they, and you said it's a 30 day trial, right? Yeah. 30 days. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you know, we have a lot of unraid people. We have a lot, of, you know, it's that, that was the easiest process ever. So I'm, I'm going to give it a shot oh, here for the next 30 days and play with it and have some fun and, and get the wife acceptance factor. She would see what she thinks about it. And it took me two day. weeks, Mike. It took me two weeks and she was like, <laughs> You can shut down the well, other the other the family stuff is just our biggest compliment because like I said I've been in this space a long time yeah. and whether it was in my own house or it was you know somewhere else I mean I, I have to be honest my wife is my muse she doesn't put up with crap for technology right if it takes too many clicks or if it doesn't work like she expects it she doesn't take shit and I say she's right that's how it yeah. should be mm -hmm. all of us are walking around like. The fact that like, you know, we used to turn radios on like this. Now we're listening to music. Now it's 12 taps on our phone to airplay and pick a song and stream. That's why nobody listens to music anymore, you know? And so she doesn't do that. And I am so like impressed with her. And so I, you know, if I want her using my own software, it's got to be, it's got to be like that. <laughs> John, that's got to be the funniest thing I've seen. <laughs> That's how like we used that. to listen the, to music. No, it's, it's, well, you're no, you're right. It was a ham radio. I do a lot of ham radio on my desk. So I'm, I'm still the very analog ham radio guy. You, you, on, you know, these days, if somebody built a radio today, every time you turned it on, it would reset to a like zero for the tuning station. <laughs> instead, but instead of being on the same one that you yeah. were on last. Yeah. And that's how it used to work. It was great. Yeah, indeed. Well, John, thanks for, for coming on and being a part of uh, just the community and before we're going to let you go because we've kept you long enough, but before I let you go, you're a gadget geek. Like you, yep. you, you're in, if you, if you were to kind of talk about the, the gadget you couldn't live without at this point, I mean, what's your, what, what are you kind of, what are you into or even what kinds of gadgets, whether it's home automation or any of those kinds of things, what do you, uh, what are you messing around with right now? Uh, you know, it's, the, the the answer to this isn't fair. You should exclude smartphones from this mm. question yeah, yeah. because yeah. like we live in a world where yeah. good Lord, well. like, I mean, it, it would be tough. And the reason is, is, and I, you know, I started doing iOS stuff early because early on in the mobile world, I was so excited for data on my phone and being able to access anything I wanted or control anything I wanted. So for me, the iPhone's still like number one, yeah. On just the fact that like, cause now I don't have to build the software. Everybody's building all this software and I can just control anything from anywhere. It's a really big deal. Um, 
if I excluded that, I would I would say as a general as much trouble as I cause with my home automation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could live without it at this point in terms of turning it on, on and off lights. Yeah. Like we moved a couple of years ago and got a little bit bigger of a house. And if I started with automated lights at the old house, this is one is just like, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine turning off this many lights every time I went to bed. Which, which platform are you using for that automation? Okay. So I've got Z wave switches on the wall for fixtures. And then I've got hue lights for the lamps that aren't on anything. And with home assistant, I'm controlling everything. And I even have for the dining room, family room, uh, living room where there's overhead lights and hue, I've got sort of a sync automation. So when the fixture goes up and down, the hue lights go too, which is rare because nobody really uses switches in our house because we have a schedule. We're all at home. My wife works from home and, you know, the kids are, you know, in and out a lot. So uh, our lights are on all day. So we have sort of a schedule and because of it, we don't touch switches, which is really the end end game on automation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So yeah, yeah, I'd probably say that. Okay. Yeah. I I think it's, you know, lighting was lighting and switching and those kinds of things was hard for a while. And then I just think, we've kind of come into the golden age of it right now and it's never been easier. It's getting cheaper. You you yeah, mentioned Phillips hue and cheap. they're probably the most expensive way to do it, but mm-hmm. there are, you know, there are a, a lot of other ways to get it done uh, and, and get it done well. And I'm with you. I, I, you know, we have lights that, you know, the sun goes down and they come on and yeah. the sun comes up and they go off and we leave them. Nobody ever touches them. And it's pretty mm-hmm. great. Right. We have, I have studio lights. I use, home assistant to be able to turn those things on in here in the basement, which is super lazy. Cause I just go, Kunk. <laughs> you know, instead yeah. of getting up and turning it off or who wants to get up? go into the garage. <laughs> and I have an, I have a Amazon, um, a motion sensor in there that has a, an, you know, an echo device in there that I can talk to in the garage to turn things on and turn yeah, them off. A door and, sensor for our, so our entry door off the house into the garage is door sensor. Turns yeah. on, good to go. Yeah. I think the only thing I haven't done yet is the mailbox. Like I need to yeah, get I, a, <laughs> right. I, I, I know the mail comes every day and I hate mail, so I don't need another notification. Yeah, like but, I'm not going to go get the mail. Like I, I send my kids to get the mail. I want, since I've been home for the pandemic, like I want to know when it's here. Like I, that's how crazy <laughs> that's how I didn't realize the, the home automation or the, the ring, you know, cams I set up would be my only window to the world. <laughs> I, yeah, so, I do that sometimes too. What is it like in the driveway right now? I know you're like, is it sunny out there? I just <laughs> want to be outside. But um, yeah, I had no idea that my ring cams would be the, it would be the window, you know, to things, but mm-hmm. that is, you know, we, we put, uh, a package box on the on the porch where you know we ask UPS and the, if you got a package, put it in the box that way because nobody was home. Well, mm-hmm. we're all home now. Like yeah. they, you know, that box it, it gets used. They drop it in, and then uh, the the assistant says, "Hey, somebody's at the door." Okay, well, I know a box is here, so I go up and get it. We, we don't even need that. It's kind of changed the way we look at those things, but. Um, uh, today I just mounted, you know, I have Android uh, or, or I have, um, echo auto and that's not what they call it, but it's the, it's the Amazon assistant in your car. Mm-hmm. And Mike, Mike, you've got one of those too, don't you? I do. Yep. Yeah. It's my main, main Bluetooth device to the car. And it, so it sets up on the dash and 
little blue light and you can, you know, and it's like, it's everywhere. Right. I mean, you can just do as a a lot of people will say, Oh my God, it took two minutes for your light or two seconds for your lights to come on. And like, it's not always two seconds. There's, there's all these caveats of like why you can complain about it, but also I turned off the basement lights from two floors away. Right. Don't tell me my remote like setup stuff is bad. (laughs) Like it's really great. TVs turn on. It takes so long to turn on sometimes these days. I like to queue up a TV on my way to that room. Right. Right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It takes like 15 to 20 seconds sometimes. Yeah, it's nice. There's a lot of problems with it. And I think that the device and the software, the devices need to get more reliable on Wi-Fi and the software needs to get more reliable because it's still sort of like gag stuff. But I, hopefully it'll get there. So bust out in our chat room has got a question and I'll, I'll let you run with this one. He says he has a TiVo with lifetime subscription. For me, they're competing with my TiVo. Do you have any plans for a lifetime pass? I gladly give them a got chunk me, of my money me. for that. <laughs> you got me. Okay, so... We do not do lifetime plans. We will never do lifetime plans because lifetime plans are a scam. Mm. It's sort of like estimates versus billable hours in certain fields. Somebody's going to get screwed. The person that's billing the hours or the person that is paying for the billable hours. Because, um, I mean, I'm sorry, not billable, but the, the fixed rate. If it's fixed rate, who knows, right? Either you're going to get overcharged or the person that's doing the work doesn't get enough money because there were accidents that happened in between, right? So the thing about lifetime is, is lifetime of what? Mm -hmm. Lifetime of our company, your lifetime, lifetime of the software. Like it doesn't make any sense to us. We don't understand what lifetime software things are. For us, lifetime software plans are a way to raise money, right? It's a way to say, let's get a bunch of money right now mm-hmm. and then and, and get let's get four years worth of money from people at once. And we're not in a position that we need that. So we say, pay us monthly, pay us yearly, and we promise that if we go out of business in a year, you're not screwed because you didn't pay for four years of lifetime support. Mm-hmm. And we also won't be mad at you for paying five years ago and asking us questions later and not giving us any money, which is where a lot of people sit. TIFO is abandoning their entire business, right? Like mm-hmm. they already did mm-hmm. lifetimes just on the device, not you. But not only that, like their business, they're, they're abandoning the DVR. So good luck on your lifetime DVR on your, on your uh, last DVR that you bought three years ago. You know, it's, it's just doesn't add up. It's just doesn't add up. So we don't do it. It's not fair for us. It's not fair for our customers. It's not fair for anything. Yeah. So that's our, that's pretty much where we're at with that. It's good. It's eight, eight a month or 80 a year. Is that right? Eight a month or 80 a year. So basically you get like a two month, two month break on the price if you pay yearly. Yeah. Yeah. And we promise that like you won't pay for more years than we exist. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's a good, you've, I'm glad you stand on that, right. Whether you agree with it or not. And, and, you know, listeners, you can make that decision, whether you, you like that or not. Um, I mean, we understand why people want it, Yeah, <laughs> but you yeah. also have to understand, like we see a lot of other people defend it in Plex or in TiVo and other things. And the defense is true. They're not treated that well. Like their support isn't done that well. 
And because it's hard, it's hard to say, let me help this customer that paid me once five years ago that hasn't paid me since. Mm-hmm. Like it's, mm-hmm. you you can't expect a, a, a business to, to do that. Yeah. We don't think so. So we just don't do it. Instead, we just, you know, you could pay us while it's working. And we promise that we'll be there for support really, really, really fast. I think I see, I see the play on deals. They're always, you know, 34 99 or whatever for those lifetime, you know, get mm-hmm. in. There was a Plex ran that run for a long time. They they had, I think a $79 deal out there. Uh, and, and so um, anyways, appreciate that question. Bust down. Thanks for, it's a good one. We get yeah. it a lot. Yeah, I bet you do. I bet you do. And mm-hmm. especially in this community, because there have been others that have Absolutely. gone that route for sure. Absolutely. Right? That's been, that's been super common. Mm-hmm. John, we won't, uh, we won't hold you any longer. Thanks for coming around. Hey, uh, if I ask you to come back again and hang out with us, maybe around, you know, six months, eight months or, or a release of some yeah, kind. Yeah, this is or, fun. Absolutely. I love talking whenever about Whenever you stuff. want to. That'd be I great. Can, yeah. Maybe I can talk about my beach house. So we're, we're, we're remodeling a house and I actually, I'll send you a picture later what my background used to look like, but it looked like a, a criminal in Brooklyn or something that was uh, fencing things out of his house because the house has no walls on it right now, but I'm so afraid of things not being available right now. And so I have a bunch of stuff in, in, in my house. I wonder if I can here. I can. Oh, look, see there it all is just out of frame. There you go. (laughs) I had to move all of it before we recorded. But um, yeah, I, um, I enjoy all this stuff. I've used it. I've got very much a lot of opinions on it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we, we love to have repeat guests who can come back, you know, once a year or whatever and just kind of give us updates. And so uh, I, listen, I'm not getting rid of channels and uh, at least not now because it's working <laughs> and it seems to be working well. So appreciate the hard work on that. I'm still amazed that it's just three of you that are doing this <laughs> and doing it, doing it pretty it's, well. It's, it's hard so. work. Yeah. Um, but it's fun. And it's, I mean, my dream job, like I said, I did this for a hobby forever and was able to go full time to do this and, you know, and be self-employed to do and write software. It's, it's really fun. And anybody out there, if you have any questions, write into support. If you join our community, uh, read around, post anything you want. Everybody's really nice on it. That's another thing. Like we probably wouldn't even care about a community if it wasn't for that. People are really nice. And I think that it's one of those things. I, I come from the Ruby community and the Ruby programming language. And there, there's an old saying that says, um, uh, Matt's is nice, so we're nice. And Matt's is the uh, the guy that started Ruby. And I think it it, it helps. Like we're, we're, we're there. We're part of it. We're trying to help. We don't yeah. try to argue. Nobody else argues. And so join the community. Check it out. If you have any questions, we'll help you out. On the pre-show, I asked you a question about I'm having a little issue with the and the NVIDIA Shield. And you were like, just jump in the community. And so mm-hmm. when we're done, when we're done tonight, I'll pop in the community. And yeah, I mean, and either somebody else will answer it, it or yeah. will answer it or a combination of the two. Yeah. But for us, they're sort of like tickets. You know, we have real support. If you email support at getchannels.com. And um, we like to do that for certain things. Mm-hmm. But for the community, you know, it, it, people are helping each other. So it's really great. We yeah. try to. We try to remember that the community is the community and not as much of a support channel as is, right, right. but we're just so involved yeah. that like it is a support channel. You well, know? And I but imagine we, we want to be part of the community, not you, just the makers. I imagine you guys see things that happen in the community that then get escalated into support, right? When, when those kinds mm-hmm. of things need to be. Sometimes it's a better channel for that. Yeah. than a thread yeah. because you'll just muddy up a right. thread and it's like a very unique problem right. or something. Right. But right. if it's not a unique problem, we want it on community so people can find it. Yeah. 
right? Gets some self-service that way. Mm-hmm. Right on. John, thanks for jumping in tonight. Appreciate it. Thank we'll you let guys. you go and we'll, we'll hope to see you back here uh, yeah, sometime, sometime soon. We'll uh, certainly we'll be following what you're doing. Thanks for jumping in. Appreciate it. Nice to meet yep. you, John. All right, take, you as well. Bye guys. Care. You bet. Take care. A couple of reminders on the way out, uh, just stuff we don't want to keep John around for. You can just close out your browser, John, and it'll shut you up. Oh, okay. Where's the exit call <laughs> button? There's a, leaf, there's a leaf studio right down there. Yeah. Too, at the leaf meeting. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks. Yeah, take care. Bye. Thanks, John. Thanks. Uh, just a couple of reminders on the way out. Uh, Mike, are you already watching TV? On yeah, yeah. Well, I, I need to get. I need to start my subscription. I waited. I wasn't going to go that far down the road, <laughs> oh. but it's up and running. I have the full dashboard up uh, here. Super, super easy. Yeah, it is. It is. It's pretty drop dead simple. And if you've got HD home runs, it's even easier. Like I, I just, I couldn't believe how easy. I, I didn't even believe it the first time I set it up. I was like, did it? Did it get them? I had to go back and check all the channels. I'm like, because it, it was almost instant. Like yeah. it was just like boom, they're there. And uh, Plex always took some time, so so cool. You'll have to report back uh, next week on how things are going there. So. I will, especially for you know recording TV and watching live TV. Uh, obviously, you know my perspective will be a little bit different even than yours because I'm coming from Plex, but also coming from YouTube TV. But there are a lot of times where I will watch stuff off of Plex if it's local OTA uh, because I don't want to use up data. Right, I don't want to be pulling a bunch of data down. Like if we're watching football all day and it's on Fox and CBS and like that. So, so there's use cases where I'm definitely pulling live TV from there. Otherwise, we DVR it on Plex. Um, mainly, we, 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 we use Plex to DVR all of our local channels because you can remove commercials, right? YouTube TV, you can't. So uh, we love the no commercial aspect. So that's what I'm going to test this against is live TV against YouTube TV, DVR against Plex, and kind of see how it works. Give it a shot for the next 30 days. Yeah, I think, I think it's a good, just try it for yourself, you know, yeah. so... Uh, super cool. Okay. A couple of reminders on the way out. One is big thanks to our Patreon subscribers again, who do that, uh, the guys who, uh, kind of support what we're doing here and appreciate your uh, support of the show allows us to keep doing the things that we do. If you want to join us, uh, John says they have a great community. We'll see in channels. We know the best communities are discord group. So if you head out to the average guy.tv slash discord, if you want to join us there, you can get that done as well. Uh, no messages from you and we'd love to hear them. So if you got a funny message, a 30 second uh, comment, question, contribution of some kind, uh, go to homegadgetgeeks.com. There's a mic in the bottom right-hand corner. Click it and uh, and leave us a message. We'd love not to me, it. Mike. I'm not in the bottom right-hand corner, but there is there is a mic. It's just not, I, not listen, the mic. I put you in my bottom right-hand corner. Oh, okay. So there we go. Be, I like it. It's just, just my little really, face. Huh? <laughs> let's just be really clear about that. The uh, You can contact the show. Send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. Find us both on Twitter if you want to do that, although we're more way more active in the Discord group, but at Jay Collison, and uh, he is uh, at Uyghur Tech. And, of course, the TV platform powered by Maple Grove Partners gets secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. Of course, you know that's Christian. And uh, been trying to get him hooked up with the Cyber Frontiers, and we're just missing on the schedule. We'll get that done here shortly. Uh, Maple Grove Partners uh, gets that done. Mike, anything else that I'm forgetting on this? How's your crypto doing? I don't have any right now. Oh, sorry. Does that was that too early? Was that too early? Because <laughs> you know what happened. I got in and out again. Really? Yes. Oh, made money. Not, not as much as I could have. That's good. So, that's good. Yeah. Well, the the best thing I ever did was not do anything. So if you want to join us out there again, don't just remember the average guy TV slash Coinbase. If you want to jump in, Mike, I'll be honest, I the affiliate marketing stuff that I do on the show, it's never really done very well. Like I, I never, hello fresh, 
almost nothing. Uh, a hover, nothing. Uh, every time I've done that, that hasn't been the case, the case with Coinbase. Awesome. So yeah, no, it's been good. And, uh, and, and again, what I love about it is it gives you an opportunity to try it and learn it. Exactly. And not have to put any money in. Like right? you can get started with, 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 they'll give you 10 bucks to get exactly. it started. So get it done. Uh, if you, if you want to do that, the average guy TV slash Coinbase, we are live every Thursday, 8 PM central nine Eastern. A big thanks to John Maddox. Join us, uh, tonight for this. Hope you, hopefully you found that helpful. And there, by the way, there get channels on Twitter. If you want to follow them out there. And, uh, it's not, also their website, getchannels.com. Yeah. yeah. If you want to, if you want to get that going, give it a try for 30 days. Who knows? You can always, yeah, you can always, that's my plan. Yeah. Try it out for the free 30 yeah. days and then give it, it a shot. We, I think we have Jay, uh, Jay is next week. Jay Masson is back next week. And then Dwayne Johnson's behind the game. So we've got a couple guests that are coming up and uh, working on a few more. Thanks for coming out tonight. With that, we'll say goodbye. Everybody.